0: Hello, and welcome to the Green Team of the Legendarium, the weird little patron spinoff where we talk about books that Craig and the crew haven't gotten around to yet. I'm Little Red Book, and I have with me Colonel Rabbit. Hello. And Todd of the Legendarium. Howdy. Tonight, we will be ta- discussing The Hallowed Hunt by Lois McMaster Bejolt. It is the third book in the Five Gods series, but interestingly, takes place 500, or, well, we don't know exactly how many hundreds of years before the Curse of Chalion. Gentlemen, how would you rate this book on a scale of one to five?
1: One to five swords, one to five hearts,
2: (laughs) one to five spectral, one to five gods. Um, We'll say stars. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I would probably give it... Um, a three point seven five. Not, not quite a four.
1: Not quite a four for me.
3: Rabbit, I would probably go with just over four, somewhere between four and four and a half.
0: Rabbit has a cat. I was going to say, did you sprout a tentacle? That's
1: awesome. I wish. Actually, I (laughs) probably don't
3: wish. That would be kind of terrifying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I would give it. Four stars. I think it is my least favorite of the three. Oh, okay. And, uh, but this reading has um, improved my opinion of it. When Same I was for reading as to well, review it. Yeah, I got some different takes. But it also has some of my favorite quotes from this series in it. So By that, that's a thing. We'll, we'll get into that. So, were you surprised at being transported back in time? Or Todd, did you even realize you were?
2: I did. I I was completely lost, totally lost for like 10. the first. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was probably. Uh, it was probably twelve minutes ago that I put together that I was being that that it was earlier than the last books that we had read. Largely because you said transport it back in time. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I just I just was kind of I was sitting there thinking this is a lot different than the magic. This stuff that we had last time. So, but I'll just hang in there. I'll ride along and see what happens. And that's kind of how it ran.
0: Yeah, and this is why I recommend reading in publishing order, because each of the new books introduces a new magic system.
3: If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about you, Rabbit?
3: I mean, I, I, I think you. The first time I read this, uh, you had told me that it was back in time. Oh, okay, so So that I, it. I, I, I already knew. So I was like, yes. The, the only the only thing that was uh about it is it's it's an all new cast of characters. Like I, I don't, there's hardly even any reference in the previous two books to the characters and the events in this book. So there's there's really there's there's not really any like lifeline to grasp.
0: No, I guess it,
3: like really Chalion is mentioned, but like <laughs> other than that, and Darthica, Darth, yeah, Darthica, and I think one oh, of the, the countries are the same, but like. Which, Other than that.
0: I think Darthika might be the Roman Empire, but I'm not sure. The, the analog. I was thinking about that. Anyway, yeah, an analog. Uh, I was shocked when I picked up this book the first time. But I can't remember what my thoughts were because that was 15 years ago. So <laughs> I don't know exactly what my thoughts were. Yeah. So what do you think about the tone of this book? Because it feels like a shift, at least for me. I don't know if you felt like the tone shifted from the other books.
2: Um for me it felt very um, the and maybe part of it's because I, I um as as I've mentioned many times I do the audiobooks and so the with the narrator being the same narrator it had a it had a very familiar feel um, from that standpoint um, the it, it felt more gritty um, in places much less refined um, and uh, so that was that was one of the things that I that that to me was a little different. And maybe it's because so much of it was told from Ingra's perspective from a male perspective. She was working very hard and and Ingray felt like a felt like a scoundrel more than a more than a hero. And uh, I wondered if that was part of what uh, she was trying to impart with some of the changes in the way that she uh, did some of the writing,
0: yeah. I think that's a really good point because you haven't read the first book, I realize Kaz Correct. is a yeah. Kaz is a peaceful man. He just gets yeah. thrown into violent situations, whereas Ingra is definitely a man of violence, mm-hmm.
3: yes. I mean, even at the very beginning, like he even says, like, I'm not an honorable man either. Like, I'm willing to accept bribes if the reason is good. Right, right, right.
0: And it's a real shift because, just because he is genuinely kind of a bad guy. I mean, not bad.
3: He's... Relative to most fantasy heroes, he's much more morally great than, well... I guess there's there's the whole Grimdark genre, which is that. Yeah, it's but like, not Grimdark, but it... it... But it, has, it has, a, has a much more grey hero than a protagonist yeah, than sure. a lot of fantasy does. Right. I like I that. Yeah, Describing
2: yeah, him as a grey hero, I like that. The
3: other, the other big shift for me was the uh, core romance of the book was much more in
1: the front than with the other that the do. Other mm,
0: I have thoughts about that, but we're gonna talk about that later.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about like how well it's done. I'm saying it, it was it was it was much more a part of the story and a part of uh, of everything than uh in uh Paladin of Souls or Curse of Chalian.
0: Yeah, it's much more of a romance novel as opposed to a right. book with a love story. Yes.
2: Yeah, I one of my friends asked me uh, what I was reading and I said, I'm reading something very different. They said, Oh. I said, Yeah. It's a Harlequin romance with a magic system. And they said, (laughs) they said, oh, and then they looked at me and they said, how many Harlequin romances have you read, Todd? And I said,
3: that is exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Do most Harlequin romances have magic systems? (laughs) Only one. This one. (laughs) This is
0: not. Todd, I'm going to have to send you some. Harlequin romances, because I don't think <laughs> you really understand how that works.
1: <laughs> you know, go, I mean,
0: probably that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be a fraught question, because I have some serious issues with the setup of this novel, but I just want to know, from a male perspective, talking the first three chapters, what do you think of the setup?
2: Are you talking about the... the I'm
3: talking
0: about the... The, the, the murder the and <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta say it eventually.
0: <laughs> it's not murder. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so this is Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah technically it, murder implies it would, it would be manslaughter. Yeah. Right. Call it what you will. Um It was self defense, is my Well right, but isn't that still legally classified as manslaughter I I don't know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not gonna
1: Era. All, all you know honest. They,
3: they didn't make that distinction. Um, anyways, the the prince was killed as he attempted to rape Jara.
2: Yeah. Uh and that makes uh, while while uh conducting an arcane ceremony ritual for the investiture of an animal uh, wow. I mean all <laughs> things happening at once was kind of it was kind of like i was uh yeah i'm like how w- w- when when did this ha- what <laughs> <laughs> i did have to reread or, or
3: re-listen to a few things i was like did i get that right yep i got that right okay well i okay whatever <laughs> and it's especially kind of strange because like you're from ingray's perspective you you like you're learning about this all from Ingress perspective. who like had no association with the events, <laughs> so it's like it's not like here you're even me. living it. It's it's not like a big action scene. That, like you see a Jada defending herself. It's just like you're just like oh okay this, okay. this is this is where we're starting.
2: Well, especially when they said oh yeah she clubbed him with a warhammer and I'm standing there thinking she clubbed him with a warhammer. Holy crap! What the I mean. I was thinking she killed him with, you know, special met no,
3: no, just a straight
2: up bludgeoning with a war hammer. Okay, well good.
3: I mean, she only, she only hit him what, it was twice or is it three times? Twice. Twice, yeah. Like that's that's both and both were like reasonable hits, so it wasn't like she kept on hitting him after he was down. <laughs> She's not pounding him. It's yeah. Like <laughs> mincemeat. me.
0: It it is a good setup. And it is hmm. That was straight-up self-defense. It just was. And I do think for the time period and the political situation, it's appropriate. But I am viscerally angry the entire time I am reading about the trial and about this whole setup. Because I'm like, this poor girl got sent into a room and locked in with this maniac that everybody knows is a maniac. Mm -hmm. But because he's a prince... And she's a minor
1: lady, and the fact that okay, the fact that his sister did that to
0: her—like I said, it 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 makes sense in the setting that the story takes place in.
1: But not enjoyable. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, no, I can can get
3: it. it. I get behind yeah. that, and, and then and the fact that like the whole time you're almost being bludgeoned with the fact that like knowledge that without some sort of intervention or legal finesse, she is going to be sentenced mm-hmm. to be guilty, right? Like unless right. circumstances or bribes or something happens, but by the moral and legal code, she would be guilty of that crime.
2: Well, and the other thing that was the other thing that was kind of interesting is, as Ingrace trying to unravel all of these things, he comes to the conclusion that um, even if she's even if she can be acquitted for the for the uh, the death bound innocent from the for the for the death of the prince. Uh, uh, um,
0: uh, uh, I think we might be getting a little close to spoilers, so let's.
2: Oh, right okay, now. yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, it's okay, it's okay. I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a piece of that that as he unravels it um she's in a no win
1: situation. Yep. And it's really frustrating and it's and I'm not someone to say
0: these things should not be portrayed in literature because I think that those are stories that need to be told, I guess. And at the same time, Injada is a incredibly brave and strong woman and I love her and admire her. She's not my favorite character. But I get it. So, are we ready to move into spoilers? Yep. Sure. How many tries is it going to take me to read the summary I wrote? I can go with one. <laughs> <line. laughs> okay.
3: You, you nailed the introduction first try.
0: I know. That's because we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff before <laughs> so I could get my giggles under control. <laughs> In Grey, Ken Wolfcliff is summoned to Prince Belazo's hunting Lodge to investigate his murder. He's in exile for murdering a servant. Kinda? The murderer in question is the Lady Ejada de Castos, who claims that it was an act of self-defense. She confesses to being haunted by the spirit of a leopardess and is seeking help from the, the notoriously wolf-haunted Ingra. There are incidents with sorcerer doctors, petty saints, Viking princes, a judge of the father, a polar bear, and a new employer in <laughs> Kenwa- Ken Horse River. <laughs> the princess thorn, Indija's former employer, and Inge are kidnapped by her husband and go on a mad ride to Indija's dowry land called the Haunted Wood. Inge is followed by Inja, a saint, a judge, a former saint and two princes. They all encounter a bizarre rite that ends in the haunting of the woods, a marriage, and the ending of a tiny kingdom only 12 square miles, but four centuries deep. How'd I do? Pretty good.
1: <laughs> i boy the names got a little
3: bit butchered, but all in all, pretty good. <laughs> The
0: names are the worst. <laughs> How do you feel about the cynicism of Ingray versus the naivete of Injada? And is this even a fair way to describe their worldviews?
2: I think naivete is a is a good description for Injada when at the at the outset. Um, I'm not sure she's moved much from that by the time things are done. Uh, I think she's I think she stays pretty she's still pretty innocent of many things all the way through the book she keeps thinking that, that things are gonna be okay because it was self-defense well not necessarily and Ingris um, uh, I like that you call it cynicism and he's cynical just not not just of the situation but he's cynical of himself too he's very he's very Uh, beaten down, I think, by all that he has experienced and all that has gone wrong around him. They are nice counterpoints to each other. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: I was rereading this after I wrote this question, so I have kind of, I'm not sure. I don't think she, she's a little naive, but I think it might be a conversation between faith and materialism. Does that make sense? And that's not even the right way to put it.
3: I mean, she's naive, but I think it's more of, like, if if you want, like, a single black and white word to describe the characters, naive and cynical would be good ones. But, like, they're not great
1: descriptors. It's much more nuanced than that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if... Um...
0: And she's, because not completely... she's Oh, sorry.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead. I
0: was going to say, she's not completely naive. I mean... When you look at her life, her dad died, her mom got remarried, her mom died, and she's basically an orphan living in her stepmother's house and who's like three years older than her. Yeah. What about yeah.
3: describing her as having just like having faith? Because like that's, that's really what it's more about is like she's more about having faith that things will work out as they should or as is right. I, the gods or the people or whoever will step in and say and say yes you were right to defend yourself we'll get this all sorted out. Yes, Is I'll it kind I'll of a
1: Cinderella syndrome?
0: I'm sorry.
2: Is it kind of a Cinderella syndrome?
0: I don't think that's right either. She has this very interesting moment when she's talking to Ingray about or the the leopard spirit coming into her and she said I've been praying to the son of autumn my entire life and he came for the leopard. He didn't come for me. And this is at the very beginning of the story. And so oh, wow. I, I mean, I've read the book about six times, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, I guess um, from a, from a literary standpoint, I, I, they, they are, they are well balanced against each other. Um I, I don't know, I think you can plumb the depths of both of their perspectives and come up with different, kind, different ways of describing it, um, but from a, from a literary standpoint, I think they make, a nice, uh, they, they make an, a nice oppositional pairing.
0: Yeah, they're in conversation with each other about their different perspectives, so to say.
2: Mm-hmm. And do you think it's fair to say that they both move
1: as a result of their experience with each other?
0: I would say Ingra moved more than she did. Okay. But they did both move. So Injata is doesn't become uncynical or I'm sorry, cynical. But she becomes more pragmatic, maybe yeah. is is the right
3: word. It's 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 difficult to see like that, like I understand what you're saying. It's, it's difficult to see that much change in Najada because of how overwhelming Ingray's presence is with his own cynicism, right? Right? Like, you, you could say a lot of her change is in agreeing with Ingray when, when he says cynical things, and it doesn't feel like that much of a change, A, because Ingray has been saying it all this time, and B, because well, he's right most of the time.
0: Unfortunately.
3: Unfortunately. So it doesn't feel like that much of, like, of a huge character moment. It wasn't like at the beginning she was like, no, I deny all cynicism. It was... it was, <laughs> And then she's like, okay, yeah, I'm super cynical. I'm just like Ingrid. It's like, no, it's just like she just saw that Ingrid was right. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. But she was too. Sure. She was right. Yeah. Her, she was right that that in the end uh some things will resolve
1: she had faith that the gods that the people working for the gods would help sort things out
0: she was right in the sense that the gods were involved because they are very actively involved Mm -hmm. i think this character has the most encounters with gods yeah most
3: godly experiences per book right (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, godly experiences per book. <laughs> yeah, because there point. was something bigger. In looking at, at the um, the political needs of the situation. And, and Jada is like, no, the gods are worried about this other thing. Right. That's way, yep. way bigger. Because she yeah. wants to run off and go go to our woods and we figured out how to solve the problem with the spirits and stuff. We need to do that right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. But she was right in the sense that is what was most important. Getting back to the fraught things. What's the name of the, his lieutenant? Life of me either. It begins with G. Alaska. Yeah,
1: that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. correct.
0: Um. Only you would fall in love with a woman who would bludgeon her her lover to death. And then Grace says, only one lover.
1: Yeah. I'm like, he wasn't a lover. Like, oh my gosh. This quote makes me feel so weird. We
0: don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I just am curious of your thoughts, your reactions.
3: I mean, I I had the exact same reaction as you just like, I don't think he was a lover. (laughs)
2: And I found it... Uh, I, I found that perhaps one of the most... Uh, <laughs> I I laughed out loud when I heard that because it's an indication of how close these two men have been and how many bad choices has, has Ingray made.
1: Oh, probably Geska knows them all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But also, like... It,
3: Ingrid doesn't make that many like logically bad choices. Is it? If I want, like, I don't know if "logical" is the right word, but like, no, it is. He like Ingrid doesn't make incredible, like, what we would generally classify as bad decisions a lot.
0: No, what he makes is
1: ruthless decisions. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's more. Yeah, it's, it's not about. uh Ingray making like what we would call silly or right. decisions he, yeah. is about like Ingray being a violent man. Yeah, and and, and falling in love with the the quote unquote violent girl.
0: Rabbit, you have explained that better to me than any other person has.
1: <laughs> and I've thought about this book a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think uh, There's a lot of exposition dumps in this book.
0: Todd, how do you think about those?
1: Uh, I wrote a short story a while back,
2: and um, one of the comments that I got back was, there was a huge info dump at two-thirds of the way in. And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess there was. Whenever Whenever I come across those, I, I find myself asking is could, could we have done this differently could we have done this in a way that would have been more organic um, I would have loved I for me I got I got really lost in some of the in, in some of the historical pieces and you know all of the setup for the battle okay yeah it, it was useful and it was necessary but the way that it was the way that it was handled uh, from this standpoint of everybody knew blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, everybody doesn't know this. I have no idea what you're talking about. And it was harder for me to follow. So I was, that's part of why I gave, that's part of why I was a 3.75 stars is because there were some places where um, I know what she was doing. I just, it just really was hard for me to follow
3: some of those pieces. That's that's very fair. Cause like, I have just been um, reading some of the, novellas the, the penric and disamon novellas that are i guess publishing order after this and uh anyways they they have like a lot of that information a lot of information about shamanic knowledge and um and sorcerer's magic and the gods so like i i already had that refresher so i didn't like that what those info dumps were like yeah okay that's that i know that i know that, that. it's the opposite of what you're saying it's like <laughs> i do know this not <laughs> no i no, i do not know this so I think that d- definitely helped my enjoyment of it, this read-through. And I think yeah, I did the opposite of increasing my reading as it would have been for a previous read-through. The info dumps
0: are one of the reasons I don't like this book, but I don't know how she would make them different to make this... Well, I mean, I'm not an author, right? Like, all that information is 100% necessary there's got to be a better way of doing it than like a mind meld from Canohar's river. I don't know.
1: The yeah. I know. what you're saying. It just.
3: You, you I thought you did it. Okay. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I, I, I,
2: as a, as a literary device, I think they I think there were some options that were available to her that maybe she just didn't know how to approach. For instance, she could have, she could have approached it from a standpoint of, um, of a mystery thriller kind of a situation where Ingray needed to go get more information. And in that case, getting the information, she could have parceled that out with, oh, he found this piece of information out from one person and then he goes to somebody else for that, for more detail, a little bit like he did with Learned Luco and with Osment. Those, those two individuals gave some different pieces that, she could have done the same thing with some of the some of the info dump that she did about what shaman what what role shaman and and um, and and standard bearers played and uh, all of the historical information around the battle. Those could have been handled uh, through some other literary devices. I just think that for whatever reason she made it. She made a choice, and you know I respect the choice, but it made it mm. hard for.
0: That's I did that's... not respect the choice. And I love her. She's my queen.
3: <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, like the, the mind novel, like the idea of it was like it's it's cool. Like and it, that could have been part of the information, but, but like the whole tension of that scene was undermined by the fact that it was an expedition jump. This is why I've read
0: this book least in the series. Yeah. And that includes the no- novellas. Like I read Penrick way more than I've read this book. It's uh um... my favorite, but <laughs> Penrach is amazing. Anyhow, uh, we all know what my favorite one is. So anything else before we head into like favorite characters and scenes and quotes?
2: (laughs) I have, I have one thing that I, um, that I, that I really, I didn't enjoy it at first, but I, I gradually began to really enjoy the introduction of the shaman mysticism piece um, as being something that was, uh, I I think they described it as very old magic.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and this idea that it, that it predated their, um, predated even their religion. Um, that before there were the gods, there was still this shaman magic that was kicking around. And, uh, I, I, and maybe that's not exactly how it was portrayed or was supposed to be portrayed, but it's how it came across to me. And I really... Um, appreciated that as a. I didn't think I would, but I really grew to appreciate that as as a piece of this. Um. Yeah, and that's all I'll say on that because there's a, there's a favorite scene that I'm going to get to that I'm going to talk about some other things that
1: that I that I have some comparisons to.
0: So I was going to say, um, in regards to the shaman magic, is there's a blood sacrifice required? I just thought that was. Really cool. Yeah. Not it's, it's, that I'm into sacrificing. Well, it's it's you, not you blood what sacrifice
3: is like you have to murder somebody, but like the power comes from your own blood or something, something's blood. So you can get like, so when you use power, you get like a nosebleed or a cut starts bleeding again when it should be healing or.
0: It's very reminiscent of the Eucharist in a lot of ways. At least
3: I think it is. So. <laughs> Apparently, I, I'm I, alone. I, I don't know. I, I
1: don't know what the Eucharist is. So I can't comment.
0: Communion.
1: No, I am not religious. I know. At all, I know.
0: Todd <laughs> gets me. Todd understands what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so favorite characters. I'm gonna go first. Um, I have two, and my first is Helena. She is just amazing. She's so smart, and she just I can't say enough about her Um, her plucky just take me as I am attitude towards life and the way she manipulates people around her but not in a bad way she doesn't do it in a bad way but she definitely nudges people (laughs) (laughs) and her husband says the gods walk through her dreams it's just not fair (laughs)
2: One of the things that I liked about her, uh, about he, uh, Osman and her, was when he said, I, I was on the road for a day before I realized that she sent me away to end the argument so that I couldn't argue with her
3: anymore. Yep. And couldn't Not stop he her won. from leaving. <laughs> and it, yeah, he realized he'd lost because now she's just going to come on her own. <laughs> that, that was a fantastic one.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, uh, do you happen to know what hotel she's taken rooms in? <laughs>
3: Because it's just like her to, you know, find some random person and tell them to tell her husband. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Okay. Also, Rabbit. As,
3: just to continue from Penric and Desdemona, if you like Lana, read <laughs> Penric and Desdemona.
0: <laughs> I agree. So, Rabbit, who's your favorite character?
3: I I was going to go with your second choice, um, which is Prince Joggle.
1: Oh, I love it. And
3: that. actually, kind of like, with an asterisk on that uh the beautiful braiga <laughs> like she's got to be like one of the best characters that like never sees a moment of screen time like we don't know she doesn't exist as, like she, she could be all in prince Joko's imagination but like it's just just all the descriptions of what who she is and what she's done is just fantastic
0: he asked her to marry him because she saved his horses from being stolen yeah okay Todd
2: so um i'm not I'm not sure I had uh a favorite character um I think they all were i i I actually have to admit that I think Horse River was really uh, a fun character to read or to listen uh, right. the the depth of and, and part of it was that there, I mean, you know, obviously there's this tremendous bitterness and anger and vengefulness and all these kinds of things, but also the scene where, where we get the indication, part of that info dump we were talking about, about all of these lives that have been lived, trying to set right what has gone. Um, I, th- I think that, that the, the, um, the characterization of that was very compelling. Um, and the one moment that, uh, and maybe this is getting into favorite scenes, but, but it was a moment with Horse River when Ingray's like, well, what are you trying to accomplish? What do you want? And
1: he says, I what want I want I can back. never have. Say again?
0: I want my world back.
1: Yeah. I want to grow old. I want
2: to see my children laugh. Uh, I, and everybody knows me. And or maybe they don't, but if they don't, now they know that's, you know, there's there's always at least one spot in a book where I start to bawl And that was it. And I was just like, oh, you know what? You're a horrible human being, but I get it.
0: I am proud to say I did not cry once reading this book, but that's probably because I cried all the other times I read this yeah. book. <laughs> so you're one for six. <laughs> a thing happened. I didn't cry. <laughs> I might cry when we read our quotes. <laughs> Todd, favorite scene.
2: So I I had um it's it's more of a, a favorite um uh a f- I don't want to call it a favorite trope, but it was uh it was a favorite um thematic piece. Uh it starts with Fafa. Um when Fafa oh. is going crazy. And Ingray looks at him and says, down, you know, and he says he pulls this voice from down inside him. And, you know, and, I, can, and I, I I, have all these things going on in my head. And then he does it with with Keska and he does it with, you know, he says, stop. And Keska's like, all these kinds of things. I, and and as I as I'm reading that or listening to that, I said to myself, oh, they even called it the weirding way hmm, Dune comes back into my mind and the voice and all these kinds of things. I mean, I'm a sci-fi guy, and so that was my first thought was, oh, yeah, okay, well, I've experienced this before. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, but but the Fafa scene in particular where he's like, I, and then when he has to explain it later, so did you do anything miraculous? Weird. <laughs> yeah. Not that I know of, you know. Was there anything uncanny about what you did? Uh I, what do you mean by uncanny? I He's yeah. <laughs> very, very deftly avoiding saying yes or no, just all this uh all, all of this double talk of saying, how much can I avoid saying
3: anything? <laughs> so
0: yeah. well, the he even
2: he he even says that, that at
3: one
0: point. Yeah. He's like, yeah. who have I who have I not told a
3: thing to? <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit. I mean, the cheap answer would be almost any scene with Hana in it, <laughs> <laughs> just because like she just makes every scene in- with her in it is great. But um, one other amusing one that, that, that is kind of like thematic for the whole book um was towards the beginning when they're traveling and they get uh, Ajada and Ingrid get swept by the fjord or on on. Oh, um, yeah, right. And, and he's like, and he dives in to save her, and ends up. Wait, she can swim, and I can't. <laughs> and she ends up saving his life, as and he has he's this, trying to kill her. Yeah, exactly.
0: She ha- he has this voice in her, her in his head saying, "Push her down, push her down." And then he's like, "No, wait, I'm supposed to be saving her, and I can't swim." By the way,
3: and, and that whole conversation afterwards was just such a fantastic scene. So, I think
0: my. F- Favorite scene is the one where they're in the inn and Helena roots out the gias. Is that how you say that word? How do you say that word?
3: Okay.
1: Yes, Giasgash. She
0: pronounced.
2: She pronounced it uh, gias in the uh, narration.
0: Yeah, so I think that's my favorite scene. But a very close second is the scene where they're in the wood. And Ingray is blessing all the ghosts and releasing them. And they walk up to the <laughs> And they walk up to their, the, the avatars of their gods, and they get to go home. And they've been stuck in the forest for. <laughs> they've been stuck in the forest for like, 400 years or whatever. They finally get to go home. Their watch is done.
3: And and with the standard bearer being the last one there at the end of everything.
0: And then Ingray
3: witness. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Ingra and Injata jump over this the pole.
1: The standard bearer's pole. So
0: anyway. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no, don't ever apologize. That was uh
2: that was my my same feeling of uh and especially when they talked about uh, when she talked about uh, different ones that came forward and and he could sense in them different levels of apprehension um you know some of them weren't sure some of them and and when they got to the end and they found some that just, they were done they they had suffered enough and so they didn't even want to, they didn't want to accept the gift when he said and the uh, uh, and, and part of that that whole that whole time um when he gets when he finally then gets to
1: um Wenzel and oh, he looks man. at horse river and he says what do I how do I do this for
2: you and he gets this feeling that the word is mercy
1: mm-hmm.
2: what a what a powerful moment that was Ah, uh, you're not alone. What a powerful moment that was to recognize that even he uh, deserved a measure of mercy for all that he had endured.
3: Uh, a really, a really powerful and beautiful scene, especially set up from the uh, previous one where he had to take the spheres out of the prince's yeah. soul, and he said, "I don't, I don't want to do it." But it was a Jada, and then do it for mm-hmm. me.
0: The part where she's, she says, yes, I took his life. I don't want to take eternity from him. Yeah, it was very, very powerful. And it reminds me of, well, a bunch of things that are all biblical, but we're just going to reference the series. <laughs> where Kazrel is burning the body of the the guy who did the death magic. He asks for mercy from all of the gods. And he says, not justice, mercy, because we all need more mercy in our lives, as far as I'm concerned. Well, maybe you guys don't. I do.
3: <laughs> you can never have too much.
0: It,
2: in fact, for me, one of, the, one of the difficulties I had as I was reading the book is that it, I, I'm, I'm always looking for, for level three kinds of things. How do I become a better person? How is this helping me be a better human being? Uh, how can I be a better? Uh, how can I better handle the challenges that life is going to throw at me because I'm reading this book? And it wasn't until the very end that I felt like I was getting the things that I look for in this book. It was a long setup for a, a very brilliant moment of this idea. You know, all of us deserve a little more mercy. Um, so for me, that that there was finally a payoff. But it took a while. <laughs> it took a while. That's probably the other reason why I give it about a three
0: point seven five. It's not her best work, but I still love it, but it's not her best work. <laughs> yeah. Uh favorite scenes. Has everyone gone? hmm
1: Okay. So quotes. So I have I have two. Um I and agree. they're both
2: and they're both from the um and, and there was there's some other ones that are kinda neat, but but these were two that that spring. Um uh and he says uh it was during the it was during the vision where Ingre was um purging the, the animal spirits so that the mm-hmm. so that the Prince whatever his butt was Prince <laughs> Prince really bad dude um Prince Rey Rey sure <laughs>
0: uh, Prince <laughs>
2: there we go. When he says it is unjust whispered Ingr- gray unfair to all who would try to do rightly uh, but I am not the God for justice, murmured the son. Would you both stand before my father instead? Uh, <laughs> you know what a chilling kind of a moment that you for me at least it gives this this view of the way that this religious system works, that there is a very clear, you know, depending on who you're, who you will go to it's gonna be different (laughs) yeah and the other one was uh along that same lines the sun held up his hands luminescent uh they seemed as if dappled by autumn and he says my grace flows from these as a river wolf lord would you have me dole it out in exact measure that men earn as from an apothecary's dropper i what a yeah that 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 big piece this this big idea of uh of how important this is was really powerful uh, and colonel robert your cat obviously appreciated that as well walking in front of the screen of course, was exactly that. She, she she appreciated
3: everything you just said <laughs> <laughs> at um, least she didn't show you her butt
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna read my funny one and then i'm gonna let rabbit go and then then i'm gonna read my two serious ones so, this is, is at the very um, beginning of the novel, and it is an example of why I love her writing. The dray horses seem the only cheerful members of the party, fresh and ponderously frisky, and apparently regarding the jaunt as a some horse holiday. I don't know if you guys have ever been around dray horses, but think um, Budweiser horses. And the idea of them being ponderously frisky. <laughs> it's just so great. I love it. I love her writing
3: so much. So I, I think mine is actually um uh, almost a scene, but uh, it was it was the scene talking or the Oswald quote talking about um uh, how Helana outfoxed him. <laughs> uh and there's there's definitely better lines, definitely better quotes in this book, but I'm just such a sucker for good dialogue, good wordplay. That's like it, it just stuck out to me as being such a fantastic line.
0: So this is a quote that gets repeated in um the Penrick books. And Ingray is standing before the Seal Master. He says, The gods have no hands. In this world, but ours. If we fail them, where can they turn? And uh, that's a um, that makes me feel like very small. <laughs> and I know it's not supposed to make you feel small; it's supposed to make you feel the opposite.
3: But I think it's also of uh, some variant of that is in Hollow uh, Hunt as well. No,
0: that is in Hollow Hunt. It's it's quoted. Uh, no, uh,
3: Paladin of Souls. Ah.
0: <laughs> there is some there is some version of it yes, yes. It's in
3: Paladin of Souls yes yes yeah but it but it's a very <laughs> recurring uh, thing ver- that that idea is, is very recurring
1: throughout it right i think and, so, and so, Curse of Chalion also has it as well if i remember correct yeah, yeah
0: that we that we need to act mm-hmm. and do what is right because otherwise right won't be done something yep. like that but that exact quote <laughs> well, is in the Penwick book. Sorry, go ahead, Todd.
1: Well said. No, I just said well said.
0: Right? Oh, geez. Okay. So the second quote that is serious has to. He's in the castle looking for the go- the ghost of his father, hoping that he can release his father from his or his animal spirit, and he's contemplating parenthood, and he thinks. I might now become a father in my turn and cannot give such perfect safety. It was always an illusion. Will my own children forgive me when they find out? My kids were pretty little when I first read this book. And you do have moments when you realize I can't keep my kids safe from everything. Todd, do you have thoughts on that? Because I feel like you should have thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, uh, lots. Um
2: my uh my son is getting ready to uh leave on a two-year uh service mission for our church to zimbabwe
1: Mm. and um i am excited for him but uh paralyzed
2: at how much he will have to do on his own and it has caused me over this last month or so uh, as we've been doing all the things getting ready, you know, and there's lots of fun things, you know, buying luggage and, and, you know, trying to figure out all the pieces that are going to be necessary and figure it all out. Um, that's, and we we have a big family dinner that we're going to do, big celebrations that are connected with all of this. I mean, lots of really powerful, positive things, but it has caused me to think back on, uh, all of the different decision points where I say, did I do enough? Did I protect them enough? Did I empower them enough? Did I, did I inspire them enough? Did I, did, I, did I do enough of all of those pieces? And uh, my answer is always no. I did not. I didn't protect them enough. I didn't support them enough. I am, I am very harsh on myself on what I did and did not do. And uh, perhaps that's why the quotes that The Sun had um, about mercy are so important for me because as a parent, I, my daughter is, is dealing with some really big things. She's 17. Um, she's been dealing with these big things for about four or five years and, and I, there's
1: nothing I can do and right? she has to go with them and it's hard. So, yeah, uh, it's yeah. very painful
2: and very powerful and very beautiful.
0: And the thing is, is that, like, even if you're not talking about your son going far away, you're talking about your kid walking to school. Like something bad could happen. and But at the same time, it's that sometimes you can overprotect, too, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It just, it just touches on this really com- complicated part of being a parent.
2: It, it, I like to I like to refer to it. There there are certain things that I that I, I when I talk about them I say I'm really good at the arithmetic part. I'm not so good at the calculus part <laughs> because there is a calculus to parenting. Um, and part of that calculus is recognizing as much as this is hard and I feel like I've failed. He has to go, and yeah. he has to make his own mistakes, make his own way. And hopefully, it will bring us closer together and not further apart.
0: Oh my gosh! The first time that my kid drove to school, I just
1: about cracked my pants. <laughs> like I'm
0: like, he's driving a ten thousand dollar or a ten thousand ton whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? He's driving big a car. big, <laughs> a big car that it could. He could kill himself or somebody else. Anyway, rabbit as a child. <laughs>
1: Do you have thoughts? I mean, like what? <laughs> How many of are relevant? I don't know. <laughs>
3: Cover us, parents. <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys were children at some point. Yeah, we well, were. Uh, no, but like, it's it's definitely it's it's about that illusion. No parent can. Promise their kid's safety, it, it with absolution. No, no parent can protect, it. and and like you said, no parent should protect them. If you, if you protect your kid from literally everything, they're gonna grow spoiled. They're gonna grow up a brat. They're gonna grow up thinking that they're invincible. And uh, I, I would say that would class, being classified as having failed as a parent. The the this, but at some point, like as a kid, you you think that your parent can solve everything for you up to a point and And that point, I don't know whatever what ages is. It, it's obviously different for every kid, but that is a huge just switch that happens
0: uh, Apparently, this is parenting time <laughs> with green team. <laughs> what I was going to say it depends on. You want that you don't want a huge switch. What you want is a switch gradual. here, a switch right. yeah, gradual switches, but
3: anyway. But but there's, it, there's at some point like you just have that realization of like oh no, my parents aren't god god. god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like I mean you you may know it subconsciously for for a long time, but there's there is a moment for most kids when they just realize
1: is like, "Oh.
3: Wow."
0: Yeah, I remember that moment for me, and I remember that moment for me with my kids. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
3: Yeah, you remember anyway. when they realized it,
0: and I also remember when I realized it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Any last thoughts from anybody?
1: I will say, the first time I read this book,
3: I didn't remember much. Like I, I it was almost blind reading this for the second time. Uh, <laughs> but i I think it landed much more strongly with me on this reread through. M- most Bujold books are much are about like, have increasing value on rereads, but like th- this one, like, mediocre for the first read, like I-, I didn't even remember the plot, most of the characters. I couldn't like like stuff was happening. I'm like, I-, I-, I just I didn't even know. Like it wasn't like, oh, yeah, that happened again. It was just like. Oh, okay. This is a new book to me, almost. Um, but yeah, I think as a on a reread, um, it was just so much better.
2: I kept seeing Lady Hawk images as I was reading this book. Or as I was this book,
1: <laughs> the movie <laughs> yes. with Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: <laughs> with Michelle Pfeiffer and Rutger Hauer um, and and Math- and Matthew Broderick. Um, when they talked oh, about oh, I the... he
0: was in the movie.
2: Yeah, um, they and they talked about the uh, the tack and the saddles and the riding and and then they talked about the little the the deserted hovels and the you know hamlets that could barely stand up for the name you know the rotting wood that would protect them from beasts but never from men. I mean, all these kinds of things that made me think, oh yeah, I I, the, I have this Im-, and and I even heard the the. The uh, soundtrack um, from Alan Parsons' project of the song is called Mama Gamma, of you know, riding along.
0: And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally can see. Rabbit's Right. It benefits from a reread.
3: And even though, what? It's still one of her worst books. That's still a compliment because it's a (laughs) bourgeois book. It's still one of her worst.
0: (laughs) I mean, she's still my queen. And. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's only a four star. And by the way, soul, you say you've never been on an episode with me
1: rating books high because you're missing the best episodes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so
0: thanks so much for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter at green team pod. Please consider supporting the legendarium via Patreon. A link to the legendarium discord can be found at legendarium.com. The music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Punks. Thank you, Craig, for lending us a little corner of your empire. And a shout out to Horizon Brave for starting this all. For Colonel Rabbit
1: and Todd Winty, I'm Little Red Book. Good night. Hey. Say goodbye, Todd. Goodbye, Todd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're still on mute. You're still on, you're still on mute.
1: <laughs> still? No, no, no. You
3: actually. Uh, I think your mic may have cut out somehow, thought, <laughs> Because you're, you're muting, unmuting Discord, but we're still not hearing you. It worked once. It did. Now, now, Todd's settings are irrevocably changed.
1: <laughs> never, oh, dear and will never Lord. work again. <laughs> Yeah, this so is amazing nothing, nothing yet Yeah. No. and i thought i was a boomer <laughs> oh,
0: hey
2: yes. there it
1: is. woo! <laughs> it has
0: everything to do with if if uh
2: certain certain software when they decide when i when i try to mess with my settings the computer sits down and says no you're not allowed to touch any of these and leaves me alone um <laughs>
1: So, we were talking about my skills with technology. No, we were talking about uh, information. Notes. I was.